Welcome to the Newsmax Daily for December 21st, 2023, the 355th day of the year, the third of four Thursdays this month, and the first official day of winter, also known as the winter solstice, making today the shortest day of the year. It will be dark really early today. Yesterday, sangria. Today is National Coquito Day, the tropical Puerto Rican version of eggnog. It's traditionally enjoyed around this time of the year, like eggnog, and it's delicious. Today is also National Don't Make Your Bed Day, a very welcomed day to a lot of people. And if you are going to drink a lot of Coquito, you may need to get back in the bed anyway. Well, that's not really the reason, but you know what I'm saying, right? You may have recently seen the study that's been trending all over the place about how people who make their bed every day are like, it was something ridiculous, like 100,000 times more likely to succeed or become rich or something like that. Anyway, don't make your bed day is one of the newer days on the calendar of made up stuff, but it has a really cool story to go along with it. It's based on a letter written to Congress by a fifth grader in New Mexico who said he makes his bed every single day to make his parents proud but needed a break, and he thought that everybody would enjoy one day of the year where it would be okay not to make their bed and not feel bad about it. So here we are. December 21st has been proclaimed Don't Make Your Bed Day thanks to Shannon Barba of New Mexico. Speaking of Congress, the leaders of each party, Chuck Schumer and old marble mouth Mitch McConnell, have confirmed what we already knew. Our goal is as soon as we get back uh, to get something done. Getting this agreement right and producing legislative text is going to require some time. Of course it will. Congress will not be considering any legislation on funding for the U.S.-Mexico border or Ukraine until next year because they're all on holiday break and they are certainly not going to come back, at least not until next year. Congress also facing another government shutdown in late January as well with no budget deal for that either. But the good news today, the good news is 10 American hostages have been freed, not from Hamas, but Americans that were being held prisoner in Venezuela. Did you even know Venezuela was holding American prisoners? Here's one of the six that arrived at a military base in San Antonio, Texas last night. All you think about when you're in prison is uh, how you didn't appreciate being free while you were free. The headline is that the U.S. traded an ally of Venezuelan President Maduro, a Colombian businessman, for the release of the 10 Americans. While that is true in some respect, this is also the result of President Biden easing massive oil sanctions that have been placed on Venezuela, sanctions imposed by President Trump. And now, as you may know, Venezuela is selling oil to China. Former acting director of national intelligence Rick Grinnell, who himself had negotiated with Maduro during his term in the Trump administration, spoke with Rob Schmidt. Uh, I want to talk about another adversarial nation, Venezuela. The Biden administration uh, freeing a close ally of the president, Nicolas Maduro, a, a corrupt killer. This is Alex Saab on the screen as a money man for the regime. He was awaiting trial in Miami on money laundering charges. He was sent ba- back in exchange for the release of 10 American hostages. Uh, and Venezuela also extraditing a guy named Leonard Glenn Francis, who is a corrupt defense contractor as well. Obviously, we've seen this now a couple times. It's a great time 
for the evil powers of the world or the evil actors of the world to kidnap Americans. Um, you negotiated with Maduro's team uh, back in the fall of 2020. I wanted to get your reaction to how this was handled uh, with that same team. Well, first of all, let's also remember that two of these individuals are the nephews um, who are trafficking in drugs of Maduro's wife. So this is very personal to him. Alex Saab, who's been released, uh, was caught in Africa on his way to Iran. So when the Biden administration is releasing people that we know are up to no good into Iran and giving Iran billions of dollars, now we see this money going to a dictator like Maduro. I, I think it's obvious that uh, Joe Biden and his team are raising the stakes on Americans. Uh, the, the price is going to be even higher. And as you as you indicated, you know, we we negotiated with uh, the Maduro uh, team secretly, and we we really have other options. And I think the Biden team is just very bad and weak negotiators. Weak negotiators, and and that that negotiation that you handled was, you know, as as I've read in, in, in a couple articles, Reuters, New York Times, Bloomberg uh, reported that you were trying to you were trying to get Maduro out of the country. You were trying to get him out of there. That was uh, that was in the fall of 2020, right? Yeah, look, one of the things that Donald Trump was trying to do was solve problems. And when we see the immigration problem, when we see where uh, immigrants are coming into our country, where they're coming from, Venezuela is one of the top places. So uh, and we had also talked about the triangle countries. If you can go and solve some of these problems so that people don't want to leave, yeah. then you can really solve our immigration problem. One of the uh, top problems is Maduro. He's a dictator. He's wanted around the world. He's a money launderer. He's a killer. Uh, we know he's a human rights abuser. And so what we were trying to do, uh, I haven't talked about this uh, publicly uh, ever, but what we were trying to do is, is uh, have a, a plan to get rid of him and have free and fair elections. My concern that the Biden team right now has just thrown Maduro a lifeline. Yeah. Now we've eased sanctions on the Venezuelans, uh, oil sanctions. They now have more money. We promised to ease those oil sanctions, Rob, if Maduro would allow free and fair elections. Joe Biden believes that Maduro is going to do that. Maduro is already keeping his opponent off the ballot. Think about that. <laughs> We're so easily well, duped. Keeping their opponent off the ballot. Yeah. Joe Biden so and Maduro are both keeping their opponents off the ballot. So the negotiations with President Maduro, a dictator back then with the Trump administration, and in September, October, maybe August even of this year with the Biden administration, was for more free and fair elections in Venezuela. And Rick Grinnell is, of course, talking about the Colorado Supreme Court decision to keep former President Donald Trump off of its presidential election ballot. I gave you a lot of reaction and analysis on this yesterday. But let's hear from Carl Higby, who actually predicted this very thing happening back in November. But they're eventually going to find a judge that will agree with their bizarre legal theory. That judge will issue a ruling. The secretary of state will immediately take it and print the ballots as fast as they can without Trump's name. And even if Trump wins that on appeal, the state's going to throw up their hands and say, no, oh, oops, the ballots are already printed. We don't have the time or resources to reprint them. Sorry, that'll get tied up in court. And come election day, Trump might not have a line on the ballot in whatever state that happens in. That's my prediction. 
That's Carl Higby on November 17th show, and this is Carl from yesterday's edition of Frontline. Sure, they ordered it stayed until its appeal, but I'm not going to make another, uh, you know, I, well, actually, I am going to make another prediction here. Unless the Supreme Court weighs in before that January 5th deadline to print the ballots in Colorado, the Secretary of State, the Democrat Jenna Griswold, who controls this process, I'm willing to bet that she's going to go ahead and print the ballots anyway without Trump's name on it. I mean, she basically said this already. It says right there that Colorado Secretary of State Jenna Griswold said she'd rely on the decision of the highest court to rule on the matter when certifying ballots for the 2024 election in Colorado. This is the new political battlefield. It's lawfare. It's no longer an issue about policy or who or what is better for the country, even about the will of the people. This is about the Democrats keeping and getting more power. And the Democrats are totally outmaneuvering Republicans on this. They are breaking every norm to do it because they know the guy they have at the top of the ticket is the most useless human to ever hold the White House. Republicans better wise up or we're going to get run over on this high road that we always talk about. Now, the theory they have is and they've used the 14th Amendment to twist things around. It's a legally insane opinion in my mind, but I'm not a lawyer. So the Democrats in Colorado have essentially just said, yep, Trump is guilty of a civil charge, guilty of 18 U.S. Code 2383. It's rebellion or insurrection. Okay, so under the 14th Amendment, Section 3, they say he can't be on a ballot. He can't run for anything ever again. But the problem is. He was never actually convicted of this. The first standard of proof, though, in a civil trial, which they're using for this, is much lower because obviously there's far less potential than punishment. But in this case, there was no adequate trial. Trump didn't get to call witnesses. He didn't get documents in discovery or any of that related to this. He was just deemed guilty because some judge said so, even though Trump was acquitted of the exact same thing by the U.S. Senate. It's also important to note that out of the nearly... Actually, I think it's over a thousand people charged, prosecuted or imprisoned for January 6th. Not one person was charged with insurrection, definitely not convicted either. So how do you find beyond a 51 percent burden of proof that the guy who said this? I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. How do you find with any degree of certainty, forget 51 percent, that Trump is responsible for what happened at the Capitol? Also, the judge who ruled on this, who is a liberal hack herself, she said in her opinion that Trump was to remain on the ballot because Section 3 of the 14th Amendment did not apply to the president. The other thing I find absolutely bananas here is that this proves this has nothing to do with the actual charge they are alleging. See, in a criminal trial, the government is seeking generally imprisonment or some super hefty fine, something like that. But in a civil trial, the opposing side is generally seeking money, damages, some sort of restraining order. But in this case, they're not seeking any of that for anything. But the only relief they sought in this case was just to keep Trump off the ballot. Carl Higby is the host of Frontline, 5 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. While Carl is not a lawyer or a judge, former New Jersey Superior Court Judge Andrew Napolitano is both of those things, and he spoke with Wake Up America. As of this morning, his name cannot appear on any ballot for Republican primary in Colorado. If that decision is not disturbed by the Supreme Court of the United States, either because they don't want to hear it or because they're going to uphold it, the ballgame will be over for Donald Trump because other states will do the same thing. That's why it's vital that the Supreme Court of the United States interfere with this decision, put it on hold, 
review it and reverse it and let the voters decide, the mm -hmm. Republican voters decide who their nominee will be and the general voters decide who the president will be. Otherwise, we don't have a democracy. Yeah, and Joe Biden's yeah. America judge, due process and, and Donald Trump don't collide in the same sentence very often, clearly. Uh, do you think the Supreme Court takes this up over the next few days? Yes, I think the Supreme Court will take it up in the next few days okay. because ballots will soon begin to be printed in early 2024. Ballots yeah. are prepared months before the primary. Yeah, in Colorado, that date is January the 5th. Mm -hmm. So uh, the there Trump team go. says they're going to appeal. We expect them to do that. The question is now, does the Supreme Court of the United States actually actually weigh in on this issue? Um, the same thing could happen in North Carolina yeah. and other states. And the fear is, so fine, Colorado's a blue state. If Trump's not on the primary ballot on March 5th, which is Super Tuesday, 16 states vote on Super Tuesday. That might not affect his his ability to get the win the nomination ultimately, but then they could use the same argument to keep him off the ballot on November the 5th if he is, in Correct. fact, the nominee. Correct. There was a trial in Colorado in which the former president's lawyers participated. I don't know if they took it seriously because the former president was not there and did not testify. But at that trial, which went on for three weeks, a Colorado trial judge found that he did participate in and did incite uh, the insurrection, excuse me, on uh, on January 6th. That's grossly unfair uh, to him. But the Colorado Supreme Court upheld those findings and then said, as a matter of law, his name's not going to be on the ballot. So yeah. judges are interfering with democracy in Colorado. Judges will preserve democracy, the Supreme Court of the United States. Former New Jersey Judge Andrew Napolitano on Wake Up America. And if, if the Supreme Court doesn't intervene. How concerning is this if the Supreme Court doesn't step in and take this case? Uh, it's, it's highly concerning, Charlotte, because there will be other states uh, where the judicial system is popularly elected and manifests the anti-Trump attitude that the voters in those states uh, have, and they will move to keep his name uh, off the ballot. Look, he's got to be on the ballot in all 50 states. Whoever's running for the Democrats, who's ever running for the Republicans, and also the minor candidates should be on the ballots in all 50 states, 51, because you can vote in D.C. Yeah. Um, because that's the Democratic system. So if the Supreme Court does not get involved, mm -hmm. then judges will be deciding who the president of the United States is. And that's not a decision for the judiciary. So there you go. The decision of the United States Supreme Court is absolutely vital. And again, Colorado says it must be by January 5th because that's when the ballots will be printed, which just seems ridiculous. This is America, right? And you know how we, I, always say the whole world is watching because it is always watching because this is America, the United States, the leader of the free world. Well, once again, they're all making fun of us. Again, even Russian President Vladimir Putin, not that what he says, you know, should matter one way or the other, but even Putin made some comments about politics in America and the president of El Salvador tweeted, the U.S. has lost the arguments of democracy and, quote, free and fair elections. El Salvador, which barely has a democracy. All right, for more on the presidential election, let's go back to Wake Up America co-host Charlotte McBride.
So back to the road to 2024, the all-important Iowa caucuses, they are just a few weeks away, January 15th, and a new Emerson College poll just coming out showing Donald Trump maintaining a wide lead with 50 percent. Nikki Haley at 17, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis at 15 in a very close race there for second. 2024 GOP presidential candidate and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis joining me now live. Governor, thank you so much for taking the time today. Sure. Well, many would many would argue that you are the most popular governor from Florida in about 100 years, Harvard-educated, captain of Yale's baseball team, lieutenant commander in the Navy. On paper, you are totally qualified to be president of the United States. But why isn't that translating to likability with voters? Well, it is. We have uh, tens of thousands of people who have committed to caucus for us. Uh, we have an organization in all 99 counties. We have precinct captains at over 1,000 precincts. Um, and we are marshalling more and more support every day, um, you know, citing some of these ridiculous polls. There were polls saying that I was going to lose re-election. I won by 20. Uh, so I think that there's uh, a lot of garbage out there. Uh, so we've got momentum here. Uh, we're having big crowds. We're getting more and more people to sign up. Um, and we are going to, going to get the job done. Uh, so uh, we're proud of that. So Donald Trump's numbers in the latest Des Moines Register poll put him at 51 percent. Your campaign seems really confident that you're going to do well in Iowa, yet you're 34 points behind. How confident would you be, though, if you had Trump's poll numbers? Well, look, I mean, what we're doing is trying to win a caucus, and that's different than, than these polls. These polls haven't predicted the caucus results in the past because it's a different beast. You're talking about getting people who are going to be at a caucus site for three hours. You're talking about people that will speak on your behalf. People are making decisions the night of the caucus, and that's one of the things I found. There's a lot of people that haven't made final decisions yet. Um, a pollster that pushes them in one direction doesn't mean that that's where they're ultimately going to end up. So we've had great success of people uh, who are open uh, to voting for different candidates uh, when we're able to get in front of them, make the case, uh, answer their questions. We're able to convert uh, these folks, and we're going to continue to do that all the way up uh, until caucus night. And I'm actually showing up and answering the questions. I'm actually going to show up in the debate on January 10th in Des Moines. Uh, Donald Trump's not willing to debate and he's not willing to come and answer questions. And I think Iowans do take this process uh, very seriously. I think that they feel like they have an important role to play. Um, and I don't know that not debating has hurt him yet, but I do think it will hurt him on caucus night uh, because you can't just ignore the voters. You can't just sweep in here, give a speech for 40 minutes and then fly back out. Uh, you got to listen to folks' concerns. You got to be on the ground. You got to be willing to shake their hands and, and tell them what you believe. So that's what we've done. And historically, the, voter, the candidates have done that, you know, have done very well. So we will see on January 15th, a few weeks from now, if that plays out or not. And what did Ronnie D have to say about the Colorado ballot situation? And real quick, fellow GOP 2024 presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy saying he will remove himself from the Colorado ballot unless Trump's eligibility is restored. Would you do the same? No, I think that's just playing into the left. Um, I think the case will get overturned by the Supreme Court. But I've qualified for all the ballots. I'm competing in all the states, and I'm going to accumulate the delegates necessary. That's the whole name of the game in this situation. But I do anticipate that that decision was political and will get reversed. 
Florida Governor and Republican presidential candidate Ron DeSantis live from Iowa on Wake Up America. Okay, let's switch gears a little bit here to the ongoing Israel-Hamas war, the other big story around the world. Former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee, who you see and hear all the time on Newsmax, is part of a delegation in Israel right now, and he spoke with Newsmax Jerusalem correspondent Daniel Jones. I just want to know first... Why are you here in Israel? Well, to show solidarity and support for the Israeli people and for our Jewish friends here. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been coming to Israel since 1973, July that year, 50 years. I never imagined that I would come and see what I've seen in this period of time in nearly 100 visits here. Mm -hmm. My heart is broken. People have been taken hostage out of their innocence. These are not military hostages. These aren't soldiers. These are... Babies, right? Little girls, yep. elderly women. What's happened to these people is uh, beneath the level of civilized behavior. And I want the whole world to understand that we either stand with Israel, or we stand for chaos, and we stand for hate. And I don't want to ever stand for chaos and hate and the destruction of innocent yeah. lives. We've been walking around here for about. Uh, 30, 40 minutes now, seeing bullet holes, seeing burn marks, uh, burn marks, excuse me, entire buildings, entire yeah. homes that have been burned. Uh, I'm, I'm personally, I'm angry. I'm an Israeli and an American both, uh, you know, but I, I know that the people live here, and for those of you that maybe don't know, the people that live here are very peace-loving. Uh, they, most of them don't own weapons, don't own guns. Uh, they, they pray for the people of Gaza, too. Uh, you know, what, what do you think when you see doors that clearly have been kicked in, a burn, the burn marks everywhere, and just knowing what happened here uh, on October 7th and just still the, the, the gut wrench, the heartache that you can feel just when you walk around? As bad as everything they did was, and it was as bad as anything that's happened on planet Earth yeah. ever, the worst of it all, they celebrated it. Right. They actually celebrated what they did. They were proud of it. And, and rather than have shame for the, the slaughter of innocent human beings, mm-hmm. they proudly called their families back in Gaza and told their parents how many Jews they killed. Right. That's why I say it's time for us to quit pretending that there are two sides. There are not two sides. There's only one side of this. Mm-hmm. It's the good side of believing that humanity should act like human beings. Yeah. And that's where we stand. Yeah. And, and it's where I want to make sure as many people as possible. Can Thank you, Governor Huckabee, for being Thank here. You, just, just your presence and your, your feet on the ground in this place uh, carries a lot of weight. Uh, in a, uh, thank you. That's Newsmax Jerusalem correspondent Daniel Jones with former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee in Israel. And in the business headlines, Chris Plant and the Wright Squad talked about this last night. If you watch that show, I imagine you will hear a lot more about it in the days to come. But in a move to further erode the morals of society, the Democrat officials in New York passing a bill that would require Chick-fil-A to open up on Sundays. Chick-fil-A, as you probably know, has famously remained closed on Sundays due to the beliefs of the company's founder, a devout Southern Baptist. They are also closed on Thanksgiving and Christmas Day, of course. The bill states that food services located at transportation facilities and rest areas owned and operated by certain public authorities would be open seven days a week, even if it's Chick-fil-A. Now look, 
Chick-fil-A customers are extremely loyal, right? They're obsessed with it. I think that Chick-fil-A should turn the tables on the non-Christians in New York and say, well, okay, we won't open those locations. And then they'll start a campaign against the politicians for the reason being that they didn't open those locations. Like, you want more Chick-fil-A in New York? It's not our fault. Let the people decide. Crappy laws or upholding values. Except in New York, I'm not so sure, but you never know. Anyway, you heard it here first. I think Chick-fil-A should do the old takeaway. I think that's what they call it in business, right? The takeaway. Be sure to keep up with all of the news on Newsmax. It's available on most major cable systems, AT&T, Comcast, Cox Cable, Spectrum, Xfinity, Fios, and many, many others. Also, check out Newsmax Plus at NewsmaxPlus.com. Get signed up for a free trial, NewsmaxPlus.com. It includes all your favorites, The Balance with Eric Bowling, Greta Van Susteren, Greg Kelly Reports, Rob Schmidt Tonight, Carl Higby, and great analysis from people like Governor Mike Huckabee, Carrie Lake, Alan Dershowitz, and others. Thank you for checking out the Newsmax Daily. I'm Tony Marino. Continue to share it with your friends and family, and as always, Feel free to comment at radio underscore Marino. Good, bad, or otherwise, just want to say hello. I always like to hear where people are listening, when they're listening, you know, on the ride to work, at the gym, whatever, at radio underscore Marino. And keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.